if you want to share, we love it. We, you know, we like these these stories. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> as much as you care about the player experience, you still have to make money. So there's this balance, and that's where the cape, like that's where we were kind of talking about the beginning. Like, yeah. I love building games. I love sitting on an airplane and seeing someone play Yahtzee. But at the same time, I got to build a business, and so. Uh, I love giving reps, as you can see. For the folks listening, you gotta not just. This is no bullshit gaming podcast, two and a half gamers. Sharing actionable insights, dropping knowledge from our day to day user acquisition, game design, and ad monetization jobs. We are definitely not discussing the latest industry news, but having so much fun. Let's not forget this is a 4 a.m. conference discussion vibe, so let's not take it too seriously. Oh, it's great. All right. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is a special episode. <laughs> I think we, this is like a 10th special episode in a row. No, no, it's uh, very special for two reasons, because we have a lovely guest, but also look at what Remo, Jakub, our resident game designer, oh, has wow, managed right. to do. Fuck me, yes. He, after two and a half years of having a podcast, has finally gotten a boom arm. All right. <laughs> All right. I didn't yeah. notice that, yeah, because your uh, volume is quite low. So please that speak up. Is pretty magnificent. I think it's like covering up the space too. Yeah, for those for those who want to see the cover story, join our Slack. I will post it there because I have fucking twenty centimeters thick table, so I need to weld the thing to it. I'll show you. Oh my god! Okay, and but Remo's just lucky to be based in a place where people actually still know how to weld. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I don't know how to weld. By the way, I'm not sure if you see it, but I also have a quite special T-shirt. Is that our it, new T-shirt? It's an, it's our new T-shirt. Yes, oh, that looks so good. It's our new T-shirt, and there is a unicorn in the pocket. Yes, that's true. Sorry, Eric, I stole your thunder. Yeah, I know. Our I very know. special guest. Our very I... special guest. Yeah. I feel like that's my payment for being on here. Get a free T-shirt with that. Oh, that's true. I actually, yeah. If you send me your size, then uh, I can bring it to you. Done. Oh well, you know, you know what? We should. Uh, you should just introduce yourself, Eric. I will be. That's probably the best way. Yeah, that's probably yeah. the best because we have uh, an OG in gaming industry joining our podcast, Eric. Yeah, I'm too you modest. Can, uh, uh, Peter yeah, was like a uh, mini clip when he was interviewing me at the Pocket Gamer. Kept like blowing smoke up my ass. I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Um, so, uh, most them out now. <laughs> I'm definitely mobile OG, which makes me feel really old. Uh, been in mobile since 2011. So, uh, founded Scopely. Uh, my role at Scopely was basically everything. So I built the okay. publishing business. I was the first product manager on Dice with Buddies, which Oof. became Tati, which then became Monopoly Go. Uh, that same team, uh, hired basically all the folks that are running the company today, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, I think some of the topics you guys want to talk about, like potentially like metrics, IP did all of it. Yeah. Like their live ops and nice. everything. Um, also mm -hmm. helped build Max, which became part of app loving. That was me and Jim Payne and a few folks sitting together and like seeing what the, all the bad shit that was going with the ad tech. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, lots of good stories there. Uh, I didn't want to run it. And then I started Embrace, which is basically a tool set that helps engineers manage the complexity of mobile, like ARs. Felix was mentioning that to me. Uh, all the shit that goes wrong or needs optimization app that engineers and PMs can't really solve on their own. 
So I built a product for it. And it's been going when, well. when do you sleep? Oh. When do you sleep? I don't know. I have even more ideas going. <laughs> I try to sleep, but it doesn't work very well. But yeah, well, you we... can sleep. Do we start with Max Scopely? Where do we yeah, go with this? I, yeah, I don't know where to start. Let's start with Max. Yeah, that's I was just waiting when the fireworks would pop out out of the screen. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I started by talking about your boom arm. That's so unimportant. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> this is way better intro when than a boom arm. But I, yeah. I, I think we could start with, with Max. I mean, it's not my real house, but still, it's super in interesting. Yeah. When we brought it up when we met the PGC. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before Scopely, I was actually an ad tech guy. Like I built a couple ad tech companies. A uh, few, one of them got acquired. Uh, and so it's Scopely part of the reason they have an ad tech business. Like it's not typical for games. Most mm. game, most game developers, we all hate ads uh, for different reasons. Oh, but, uh, uh, well, well, thank you very much for listening. Hey, is a strong word. I'll take that. Back. We don't love put most game developers don't love putting them in, and we don't necessarily love the ad tech companies that are out there. Uh, but we love the money. Uh, the money is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like adding into a game, obviously you've got to do, especially casual and high professional. So there's for Max, it was uh, MoPub was already part of Twitter. Uh, a bunch of companies, including Scopely and Zynga and others, were thinking about building ad tech solutions. There was just a gaping hole. And to mm. be blunt, and I'm friends with all these guys, like the Applovens and the Iron Sources and the tons of other ad tech companies that have all kind of consolidated, were never really working for the game devs. Uh, They're all about the money, and I don't blame them. So we built Max partially to say fuck you to all those companies if we can help <laughs> the game devs. And then uh, partially to see if we could buy MOPA back. Because MOPA was a really Ooh. good product, <laughs> which they end up doing. If you like yeah. Apple, and they acquired Max and then they acquired Mopa right back into it, which is uh, so the plan actually came to fruition, just kind of in a different format. So you, so you broke the wheel and then rebuilt it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so it's a fun problem. Dan ended up running it because I just didn't have another tech company. <laughs> well, you, you have to save the sleep, right? So at least, I mean, like. How do you even like come up with these types of ideas? Like you, you mentioned also like Embrace at the same time with Max and like, where is it coming from? Um, I think you guys probably have tons of ideas too. It's, it's mostly about jumping on them. Like when you're in the depths of stuff like user acquisition and ad tech and live ops for a game and just, there's tons of ideas that come out. Uh, and mm. even now, right, there's a, definitely a hole for ad tech. There's a bunch, a couple of companies starting to pop out. I've been hearing rumors of maybe a round three for MoPub, and there's the Edermax guys, and like a bunch. There's definitely opportunity. There's been too much consolidation. But yeah. whenever there's a pain like ANR, there should be a solution. Or like when uh, when there's like inequity around financing, for instance, I'm just randomly mm. ripping right now, right? There's been a bunch of VCs that have gone back into the games. Uh, world because they see that there's opportunity mostly because game devs didn't have any money to raise and now they can get a big chunk of these companies um so, so cool. it's, it's just being in the rolling up your sleeves and seeing the opportunity mm -hmm. i think it's really starting companies when founders ask me like how do i get going it just takes balls like you just oh, gotta yeah. jump in and quit your job and do it which is scary because you're like oh now i'm not making any money anymore <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's like where the, the all the fun starts, like jumping out of the comfort zone and exactly. all the magic. I think of it like jumping in the deep end of the pool. You just it's cold, it sucks. You just gotta go. It's definitely the scariest moment. Once you're in it and you're running, it's fun. So from founding Max, how much of that did you take with you then to Scopely? Because they're at Mon team, at least I know it's quite sophisticated uh, compared yeah. to other companies. How much of that was just, yeah, built from what you remembered from Max or even maybe some of it was built with that technology? Came from Scopely. Like, so uh -huh. I actually wrote a business plan at Scopely to build out an ad tech and we just didn't want to do it. We didn't have it. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't as fun. And then I hired uh, the ad tech folks uh, and then Tim O'Brien, who's still there, runs them. So Sen, who's awesome, runs uh, ad tech at Scopely now. Eric Ma runs it for the UA and right. all those guys. Um, so Sen's definitely been involved, but no, they the stuff that uh, he's trying to figure out is is the fun of running ad tech within a large games company. Mm. Okay. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> okay, fair. Should we start with maybe the Scopely story? Maybe you can just give us a yeah. three to five minutes on uh, how you guys got started. Three the first breakout success. We can listen yeah. to this for, for the whole... Yeah, but the first breakout success. Yeah. What kind of the principles? Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know where you want me to start. Uh, start from the beginning. The, uh, the core no, of it... All the stories like, oh, we just built the business from, from our garage and whatever else, you know, all these like fun stuff. Maybe a little bit. Uh, the first, <laughs> okay. uh, our, once in a while, when it sold last year, we were all posting pictures. It was definitely like a closet uh, with a big that <laughs> We would interview people and it'd be like, we're coming into a room with a couch. I don't think casting I Casting couch. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> it was, okay. And it was in a casting office. Uh, <laughs> it was outlet, so no comments. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, that's a lot of stories for another day. Um, yeah. we we started at the heart because in 2010. So most of the big game companies today either had started or uh, were web and Facebook like Canvas back then. Yep. Which most of the audience probably doesn't remember, so we won't get into Facebook. Yeah, I, 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 I brought a few Facebook Canvas games to mobile, which is which was a long time ago. 2011, that's the, the year of Candy Crush and Clash of Clans. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, to some yeah. extent. I'd say Candy Crush switched to mobile at that point, but they King started on Facebook Canvas. Facebook, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, also. Yeah. I mean, Zynga obviously did, and then they switched. Yeah. To else but yeah it was the year of farmville from a money money perspective uh no question oh, yeah. uh i don't yeah did supercell release that year i, I didn't think so maybe double check um either way it doesn't matter um so we started yep. on canvas as a company that helped people connect we felt like facebook was really shitty at creating conversation <laughs> so we were seeing all these people chat about all these games on facebook uh on the like the social news feed and like yeah. forums and all the, all over the place. And they weren't able to do it in the games because the games were not, I mean, Farmville is a pretty shitty game. It was just really good at monetization and social morality, but from like a beauty and everything, it sucked. Great game. Like obviously yeah. successful. Uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I think we'd all build Farmville, um, but it uh, hmm. wasn't great for connectivity. Facebook continues to be poor at it. That's why they've tried Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. So Scopely started there. I think 
fast forwarding, uh, we did really well on Facebook Canvas. So did all these other companies. Facebook was great for grabbing users, uh, kind of the theory of mobile, really good at cheap acquisition, pretty good monetization, really good for ad tech. I mean, um, bunch amplifier and a bunch of those came out of Facebook Canvas as well, which became the ad tech for Unity uh, to go really far back. Um, and then, uh, and then mid 2011 is when most of the companies started shifting because Facebook killed Parse, shifted their APIs, and it became really not a great place to be. Like they're a really shitty partner to developers over the years, and I don't mind saying that. Uh, they, they buy a company like Parse, which invested in Brace because it's it was a great product, and then they kill it. And what are developers supposed to do? All of a sudden, you're left scrambling. Um, so late 2011, we shifted to mobile uh, and started with Dice with Buddies. Uh, that's the really long story, very short. There's a lot of caveats to that, but yeah. By the way, sorry for the correction, both Candy Crush Clash of Clans are 2012, not 11. Yeah. Oh, remember, what, the, uh, what a difference. Probably for you guys, I remember because I think in world, in terms of like user acquisition moments, yeah. because at that time, especially, but it's still true today, we were always trying to find ways to get users as many as possible cheaply all the yeah. time. And so we were well, looking at like, um, I was always watching Clash of Clans because they were just killing it, grabbing users. But I love talking like Gree and DNA and all those, which would just, by users like all of them for a period of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was all fraud back then, wasn't it? Like a lot of fraud, right? Uh, maybe. Mm, not Facebook. Mm. I'm on um, Facebook, not too much. There's a little bit of it today, too. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. A little bit, yeah. I Even in, in, in on, on big QA channels like Google, for example, it's just not, nobody talks about it that much. How much fraud do you think there is on Google, would you say? Well, <clears throat> on display network quite a lot. Also, if you have if you run uh, mobile app install campaigns for all the CPI campaigns, you get absolutely shitty traffic. <clears throat> and it, you are optimizing for installs, not first opens as an event. And it, that's just like <laughs> you can see you buy a hundred users and thirty of those don't even open the app. <laughs> and that's, it's absolutely terrible. And now and I, it's I now. It's hard to believe you can't call them out on it. There's no policing, but I yeah. think most of those are yeah. users and they're trying to get you to pay. It's a game. Like the arbitration, the arbitration around the first user install and open is yeah. still rampant. It's just it's so opaque, especially iOS, because Apple <laughs> doesn't help. They just make it, it's like a black box install and then open. Yeah, well. But it's the same. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's good opportunity yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, talk us through like the first success of Scopely when you guys were like, this is something different we have and what the kind of, yeah, winning formulas were to get there? Yeah, I think we didn't, we weren't that smart about it back then because we didn't understand <laughs> our own. That's the best story. Dice of Buddies was definitely our first win. And then for everybody listening, like we had a bunch of games that didn't work after that. It's hard. Mm. Yeah, your second winner. Um, Dice with Buddies, which became Yahtzee. Dice with Buddies is still out there, I think. And they're both either top 100 or top 200 games, depending on both of them. And it's the same game. Um, we figured it out, I think, primarily because I was an ad tech monetization guy. And my co-founder, Walter, one of them, uh, was really good at social. 
and virality. And if you think about what games and live ops is, it's how do you get users and how do you monetize them and what are the mechanics? And so we were really good at those. We just didn't know what we were doing when it came to games. So Dice of Buddies, we kind of bought, it was, we bought the game. It was really small uh, and we blew it up like overnight in a good way. Like I sat there and we figured out the monetization and I figured out the ads. What were the three things that you did that you like, you yeah. know, on the what monetization side that like, shit, this killed it. Um, hey, good question. It's a great <laughs> question. I think there, I'll give you a couple. Uh, I'll give you two. <laughs> okay. One, uh, it's a theme that I think about for any game, but even for like when I help other non-games apps, there's like a, core loop and Yahtzee is super easy to think about for any game. Like it's a turn-based asynchronous game. So you take a turn, the other person gets a push notification, they take a turn, you get a push notification back. Our, the goal of then is to how to make that fast as possible uh, and as often as possible. And I think a lot of game devs lose track of the loop that's core to the game. They start building all these ancillary features that actually detract from it and then their KPIs actually wither away. Um, and so if you think about monetization, the best thing we did was add a bonus role to Dice with Buddies. Mm. So from perspective, mm. we let you pay for a fourth role, which definitely broke Yahtzee, the game dynamic. And we had lots of fights over it, uh, but it worked so well because people... So it was something, so it was something uh, closer to like when Candy Crush moved the plus five booster out of the level at the end of the level when you lose? That's a good comparison. Kind of that moment. Like you're like you have three rolls. You're like I shit the bed. I can't get. I'm gonna lose this game. I'm gonna buy a fourth. (laughs) It's a really good analogy. So, but it works within the flow. Um, It's not Mm. like something where you leave the flow and have to figure it out. Which it's really, if you don't think about it from the beginning when you build a game, it's really hard to have these monetization flows later. Um, The second is. We added, it's not conceptually crazy, but when we think about, when we kept looking at our metrics, I actually felt kind of dirty. Uh, whereas Ooh. every turn we added an ad, just normal, like text travel. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work. All of them were things, all of them. Like the amount of ad inventory these companies create is crazy, but you're like, you play for literally 10 seconds. And then we're going to show you a, originally it was like a medium rectangle, a med rect. And we're like, Great, this doesn't pay well, but we'll try it. It's better than nothing. And then, uh, then we're like, oh, our KPIs didn't change. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to show this after every turn instead of like once per day. And then the KPIs didn't change. <laughs> and we're like, holy shit, we've got this is crazy. Then I'm like, I'm going to show a 15 second video that's skippable like once per day. You can see where this is going. Then I'm like, maybe I'll show a 15 second video after every turn. And then at a certain point, you're like 30 second unskippable and people are still playing. And you're, like, you're watching more videos than actually playing. I think we should. Then we stopped because it felt weird. But uh, it was a good game. And then I think that's what we kind of figured out. Like, watch your metrics. Uh, be impartial. Because I think when you, especially ad tech, I was shitting on ad tech earlier. But game devs, especially engineers, hate adding ads. But just look at the metrics. If it doesn't affect your metrics and it works within the loop, no one's leaving. As long as the sound bite, that's the sound bite for the episode right there, Mache. Right yes. there. <laughs> yeah. That's great. What was, people... what was the year here? Sorry. Like it seems like I don't know, it's kinda of nowadays like you can search these things up, but it was like pretty revolutionary by the time, wasn't it? 
Like, at least it felt to us because we were like, it was, it was like in a startup, you're everything is heightened. We were like, if hmm. you add every day, I'd be like, I'm going to just add another video. And I was managing, <laughs> I was doing ad tech myself back then, like tweaking the knobs and trying to make deals. Like Adam Froge from AppLovin was like sitting in my office trying to pitch us the first, and we were like one of your first customers um, hmm. because we had so much inventory. And I was just trying to find videos at that point to make mm. any money that didn't screw over the, like didn't freeze the experience. Um, so yeah, thanks, Jakob. I guess it was revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what year? Like you, you remember? What year was like 2015? That was like 12 or 13. It was 12, right. 13 even. Yeah, I was probably, <laughs> must have been, I do feel old now. Uh, must <laughs> have been, probably was just getting started. And then mm. I'm pretty sure we were, first 20 customer to Mopub uh, as well. Like, we, was this on I, Facebook Canvas still or mobile? This Facebook is Canvas mobile. mobile. Okay, mobile. Already. Yeah, okay. end of 2011, we turned off all our Canvas apps and went straight to mobile, which to King me. did as well. Uh, Jam City did as well. A bunch of companies did. A mini club yeah. did it either around then. Like, kind of Their games kind of lingered. But we all felt yeah. the same thing. We just knew that world was over yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, it's changing, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember any of the market performance marketing things you did? Mathieu needs his red meat as well. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I remember those days still. Yeah, you're, but, uh, you're bantering about it now. It feels like it hasn't changed that much. No. <laughs> still, <laughs> still the same shit all over again. Just, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sure about you but we were trying to find these small right hand side facebook canvas uh desktop uh placements and you couldn't even see like what's in the image <laughs> <laughs> then it was like how do you like the answer defined it's clean it was really yeah, yeah how do you get the click purely yeah. so that because the ad attribution was so brutal for the installs um it was way more respectful i mean all those companies are good companies now too of just and bridges and I remember we signed the has offers and then they, they shut down the company. I was like, yes, great. Um, thank you. Changed or their just, name. Mer or just merged to something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the name. It, I always get them confused. It split it. It merged and split into something else. Um, yeah. The... I don't know. <laughs> Monte was asking me before this on the, we were, I was, kind of spitball and trying to remember, remember things. If I had to give advice, I'll give you a different answer. Um, the part I don't think is different is when people, when you build and launch a game and you want to really do UA, you have to think about all sources of traffic because they all affect each other. So Ooh. I think game companies and definitely UA folks, they get religious on their channels. So they go, like you were saying, like Google may suck, but if it's driving installs, it may be worth it because then yeah. you're getting traffic organically from like Apple or Google, somewhere else from the store or maybe well, who knows where. And they affect each other. Like, And then the more, in, sometimes it's better for you. Like the more installs you get in a short period of time, especially when you launch a game, definitely affects rankings. Um, even if it's an unset art and Google and Apple <laughs> like to change their rankings, it definitely does. Um, that's why, like, historically incentivized has worked. It just work isn't yeah. independent, Jim. 
where you're trying to get quality users. But when you get incentivized and you get, and it drives organic because you're changing the ranking or you're creating presence or people are seeing the ads. If you look at the, I call it eCPI, the effective CPI for yeah. that cohort of time, you can be in the money. Um, and so back then, I mean, we yeah. were buying shit like crazy when we won. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm not going to talk about the, the game that you guys got talked to for, but uh, it's definitely. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> when you launch a game, you go for the gusto. Like you, if you can do it, because it's better than trickling it out and then not really getting to a place where people really know your game exists. Yeah, can, can you unpack this? Like, uh, not not. I don't want to say shady, but as like all of the like different types of traffic that uh, you kind of need to think about when you're launching a game like a big scale because I can then compare some notes from, from my end as well. Yeah. When you're big scale, like... A, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's hard to say like what's big scale, but still like uh, look what, when you, you've done it. Like when I was building games, like back to back yeah. with Scopely, the games we launched all hit number one. Um, yeah. And it would stay that's a big That's a big scale. And your yeah. goal, when you had the ability to do it, was definitely hit number one. Um, so I think the, I'm trying to think of where to start. There's the topic of soft launch versus hard launch. Yeah. It's different for UA completely. But when you hard launch, like worldwide launch it, especially US market, which is where most of the money is, yeah. um, what channels did we use? Uh, depending on the time period, we definitely tried to, to toe the line, but... Um, your number one goal is to get featured on the yeah. launch. So the first question is, what is Apple, especially because they're more sensitive, but or Google going to do to get you featured? And then what can you do to not stop the featuring? Um, and then depending on the time period, exactly. Is there incentivized ads? Um, I've been really chewing on top gratis. You saw my email. I was thinking about that yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is flashback for maybe 5% of the people here, but it's pretty, pretty interesting for today's world with Apple. Um, there's incentivized ads, offer walls, which are basically incentivized ads. Yeah. I don't know. Traditional UA, depending on channel. Um, there's in-store ads, which is yeah. definitely, I won't talk too much about, but it's, I mean, it's an ad tech company in Apple yep. and Google. Um, there's social, I, Consider for a launch, the social component, a channel. How do you get other people to invite other folks? Hmm. Because that, uh, even if they're not quality, that the curiosity creates installs, which creates social awareness, which then creates like, uh, I mean, they did really amazingly well for Monopoly Go. Like everybody knew the game within a very short period of time, which then creates free traffic. Yeah. Um, commercials, TV does work. Shockingly well, um, it continues to work. There was a, yeah, I see your face. Uh, we'll come back <laughs> I think there's one in my gym. I need to go check though. No, for Embrace, I actually, funny thing is uh, at midnight, I will watch TV. They're all mobile apps, everyone. Uh, and then I'm like, every one of these is a potential customer because they all care. Really? So I'll let you all in our like marketing queue. Nice. <laughs> and I've gotten a good number of customers that way because uh, they care. <sighs> They're advertising. Yeah. Just at midnight, you'd be like, why is this worth it? It's yeah. free. It's free. It's like so cheap. 
and people do watch TV all the time. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. There's tons of channels. No, no. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I just want to say, yeah, like, uh, the featuring nowadays doesn't make that much of sense anymore. But I know I remember the days when we just had to do everything we could potentially to get featured because we were getting like millions of installs uh, over that weekend, uh, <clears throat> week. And uh, we started kind of launching the campaigns on Wednesday, uh, then Thursday, the featuring started. And then on Saturday, it was like the biggest peak of traffic. So we were just trying to get as many installs as possible during that like first ramp up period. And then since that, like Saturday, we just had to keep the featuring on for yeah. whatever it takes. It's like we couldn't just like no, we have a back. Fuck it. Let's not let's not release anything. Just let's keep it. Let's keep it running. Let's try to figure it somehow, because that that was like in that week or two weeks afterwards. Even like we made so much money and uh, it was just <laughs> it was crazy. It was worth it. Yeah, it was like, crazy. And I was the I was the CFO as well. <laughs> uh, you were everything like, <laughs> and I'm like we're, we're like three hours in we watch the clock yeah. see the traffic yeah. and we'd be like do we want to turn this off no and we just keep yeah. spending yeah exactly uh, like as long as the line was going this way you're like let's keep it let's keep riding it was fun yeah um yeah I mean better to spend then if the line is like this and you know you're getting a, and you have the metrics and you get your game so yeah. you know it's going to be profitable eventually um then taking that same money and spending it two months later where you're not yeah, going to get like, thing for the buck you might as well just go for it. again you go for it yeah yeah you create all the synergy and all the everything at that like week and you just don't pause the the first campaigns until they really they're just as bad as as you would like to the feature, kill them <laughs> I figure front page featuring still works. I think there's so many features that probably most of them are worthless. Yes, but then you scroll, you scroll the uh, the the store, and it's just like 15 banners. I guess yeah. there was like five of them like a few years ago, and the today's featuring kind of is like good for one day. Uh, but yeah, if you can get all of them and you are just like on the front page all the fucking time, then yes, it kind of makes sense. But still, now like also the geo. Uh, split changed so much. I mean, getting the US and, and the tier one countries back in the day was quite useful. I mean, obviously it's it's now uh, useful as well, but you just you only see the big big guys over there. Yeah, we watched <laughs> that. You're reminding me. We used to use app banning or data.ai and like look at every geo, see what featured. I'm not sure that functionality is still there. And then try yeah. to hit the primary countries like crazy. Um, but the ranking, I mean, being top of full, I'm sure is still valuable. So it's all affects that. Like if people can find your app in the store, I'm sure people still browse and scan. Yeah, you mentioned like before we started uh, recording something around uh, being on the top and then just trying to get there. It's it's two different things. Like if you start on the top, it's uh, it's way better. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean obviously it makes sense. Yeah, I mean it. it we, no one knows the algorithms, yeah. but you start at the bottom, you're in my, yeah. in my mind, you're like pegging that stat and then you're trying to grow that stat. And if I'm thinking Google and how they work for ad tech and everything, it's the same idea. Same for UA. Like, uh, here's a good example. Felix, you're asking for a hack. Once, once upon a time when Facebook opened up their 
as an example of this, Facebook opened up their ability to buy UA, which now I'm really dating myself. Um, you would, uh, the, you would run so many campaigns because the beginning, like the first period of time for the campaign was it, it would do whatever it wanted because it was trying to figure out how you performed. Learning. Yeah. So in some ways, yeah. So as long as you're in that learning algorithm and you start really high, you're like pegging the learning algorithm to think you're better than you are. And so we would like put our best ads forward, spend a lot at the beginning and do all this stuff to, to game the learning algorithm. And we learned that it actually worked. Like then you're, you're better off than we tested it than like doing a worse ad yeah. or normal ad spending over time. And then the learning algorithm would be like, this guy's not spending a lot that ads mm. perform on average. Why would we prioritize them? Um, the same idea for ranking it, like start, start as put your best foot forward because it's easier this to um, start there and and then just stay up there as opposed to slowly dwindle but even slowly dwindling is better than starting at the bottom never no one's aware of you no one will find you naturally and then trying to grow it it's really hard i think uh when people like launch silently and then they're in the store it's they're fucked up rankings right to bed yeah, but you know, like not every every company has a huge budget. So now it's more about like steady growth, step by step, increasing the budget. Of course, if you have a lot of money in your bank account and you have good KPIs from the from soft launch, uh, you can kind of justify the spend uh, or high spend. Then it's easier. Of course. I think you can still do it. I mean, the hyper casual guys do it, right? Like they may have money, but they're not talking like AAA title money. Um, and they do it repeatedly and then they peg it. And then obviously the game over time drops in the rankings because yeah. that's the type of game it is like it has no yeah. retention, but they make it, it does really well. That's true. Yeah. But, but also, not really anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, well, if you, if you look at the charts, there's still some, some hyper casual games out there. Some, some, yeah. no, some they, of course. They, but they shouldn't be like, they pop in, they pick their moments, then, then they die. Yeah. Off. They, but if yeah, you can then, start, when they start at the top, right, they make all their money within that period of time. It's okay to drop the, off the charts. Yeah, um, they're still staying hard. afterwards. But I think you can do it. You just have to be really strategic. Like, don't do it around, like, American holidays. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like, every American holiday is money made. That's why everybody changes the icons. So, like, like the Altones do this come. Oh, my God. Sure mostly worldwide, but like everybody's probably changing their icon to red with the heart and changing their text and putting a live ops feature out. Like don't compete with that. Yeah, find you, a, find a yeah. Did you actually find this like useful changing the, the icons and everything? To, oh my God. You're oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no, well, getting think... featured to get featured. Yes. No, yeah. oh, I don't know if it's true today, but hmm. uh, you think about like if my grandma had an iPhone, what would mm -hmm. she do? She never uninstalls an app. She just stops using it. Mm -hmm. So when you change the icon, they're like, what the hell is this thing? And then they open it again. Mm -hmm. So it 100% helped us and triggered things. I've seen it work for other companies as well, where you it's change the icon and you reactivate dormant users. Mm -hmm. Is okay, it so me just... or does it sound like it was a lot easier back then? <laughs> you tell me you're you're you guys are doing the day to day it's easy for me to tell war stories 
I mean, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, but it was, I think, less competition, yeah. less advanced everything. You know, I remember the days when we were just like had hundreds of campaigns uh, in different like narrow segments of, of users, like 18 to 24, 24 or 25 to 34, all of these like female versus male. It is just now you just run one, two, three, four, five campaigns tops and then that's it basically. I met the flashlight app guy at my first conference in Cashflow Connects and he was on a panel and he was earning anywhere between like 300 to 600 K a month in ads and he was getting questions. He's like, I don't know, man, I just released something, a flashlight app before the iPhone. I don't really do anything else. <laughs> that's his answer on a question on a panel. <laughs> Uh, friend, uh, I'm in touch with a friend of mine. Uh, I think he likes me. <laughs> Being a fan for Scopely, but, uh, he was an engineer at Scopely and he released uh, a sleep app. Like, uh, I think it was called, I think it's still there, Rain Rain. Same thing. He's like, shit, I, I know how to build apps. I'm going to release a sleep app. And then he would run ads all night as people sleep because the ads no. were. Oh, and I love it. He didn't know any better. No one's clicking it, but he's getting like, whatever, like a penny CPM on every banner <laughs> that's rolling by. And he, he, like two months later, he quit his job. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise. Okay, wow. Nice. You can still do shit like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm okay, sitting here waiting for you to ask, man. When are you getting into your blog post? When are you going to... Come on. What blog post? Uh, we are not talking Monopoly Go. Oh, we're not allowed to? I mean, we are, but like, it's not fun anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. I mean, I'll, I do want to ask about like the IPs and like how you integrate the IPs into the games and like what kind of fees and everything you can you need to pay just out of curiosity. Maybe it's connected to Monopoly Go. Maybe it's not. We can go around it. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. we can go around it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, uh, well, what do you want to ask? How can I, like, so, work? yeah, first, like, how does it, the whole process just from, like, signing the IP, uh, like, how does that work? Uh, how do you kind of connect it to the game? Um, and I, I've, I've kept in touch with a bunch of folks, uh, like the different Walking Dead folks, because yeah. we all release the game at the same time. Um, I don't think it's changed that much. I think the IP holders have gotten smarter. Uh, no offense to them. Like it just yeah, I mean, yeah. get mobile, just like any of us. And then over time, yeah. they started realizing that mobile was probably where all the money was to be. Made. Yeah. As opposed to other other uh, channels. Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned, I mean, I signed, what did I sign? I signed Wheel of Fortune. That was my first big IP, um, which is still a big game today uh, at Scopely. Um, and then we signed a bunch of other IP many games that I killed along the way, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, <laughs> and then Walking Dead, um, and then uh, a bunch of others. You uh, big, the process, or like, yeah, yeah. The biggest thing is it's not hard to find the person who owns it, like the person who in yeah. the company, like Sony or Hasbro or Mattel. You have to do both, or like Disney, obviously. In those, finding the person, it's the goal is to figure out how they're wired. Like near term, I think of it as near term, mid term, long term incentives. So near term, uh, there's always a component that's an upfront. Like, can you make the money today? Because they don't know if the game's going to go anywhere. Hmm. And sometimes, and maybe I'm 
shouldn't be saying this, uh, sometimes they're commissioned on it or bonused on the amount of money they make that year. Yeah. You can figure that out. And sometimes you can just ask them. You can yeah. get the real better, but that drives money, which a lot of yeah. games The midterm is like, how do you, how do you make the money? And this is where all the terms come in, like netting things out, all of that. Um, making sure that you have agreement on content. So I get, there's really three things. It's how do they get paid? Like, it's not purely a rev share. For, if this is where you want me to go, I'm happy to. No. But it's not purely a rev share. It's like, is it net of marketing cost development? What do you do during soft launch? Like what else is it net or is it just gross? Meaning like if it's 30% rev share on a hundred dollars that comes in, are they just making $30? Generally things get netted out. Um, and in fact, early on, I had no idea what I was doing and I would net everything <laughs> out. And then eventually this is where the long term comes in. We would renegotiate the deals because they weren't making any money. And then we'd never sign another IP. Um, and so long-term, you're trying to figure out what the game dynamic is going to be, which to be honest, you have no idea. Yeah. Like, even know if the game's going to launch. So you just pitch the hell out of it. <laughs> like my best, my friends that do the best on IP, like pitch crazy things. Uh, at the end of the day, once the game launches, you're probably going to renegotiate it anyway, if it's successful. Um, because you want, they're going to ask you for more and you're going to want more. You just don't know shit. And you don't know what your KPIs are until you launch it. And you're negotiating this also, really. The only okay. copy they'll have is some people try to get a game and then negotiate the IP and layer it on. I ask, I don't, I can't think of a single game that ever was successful doing that approach. Um, yeah. You can think of a lot of game companies. I probably just pissed off a lot of people listening, but. Um, no worry, we do it every week. The point of IP is user acquisition. Yeah. Getting organics, getting featured or ranked or whatever, putting a commercial out and they see Wheel of Fortune, they're going to mm. download it or uh, and live ops. That's it. Everything else you negotiate, that doesn't really matter. Live ops is because it gives you content. Like Walking Dead is beautiful. Like you don't have to build anything. You just continue to use the comics or the TV show mm. to play an IP you had and just keep releasing content. I mean, Star Trek my own game I'm addicted to, they're still releasing content, whatever, like six or seven years in. There's so much content. The hard mm -hmm. thing is the approvals. So when people, the other piece, I'm rambling a bit. Oh. But I see you guys nodding. Yeah. Make sure you get the hardest part to negotiate once you figure out the money terms is the approvals. Like, uh, can you yeah, use... Yeah, in the S. <laughs> I had to get Sajak and Vanna White separately. We didn't know that when we signed Wheel of Fortune. I know this... <laughs> Trek guys that weren't scopely had to negotiate for uh, like Shatner, which is Kirk, and those guys separately. And then you're just losing money. If you don't have Van White and you don't have like Captain Kirk, the game's going to fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah. it's, but you got to like, yeah. yeah, but what is the, can you say like, what's the, the standard, I don't know, like deal, like, okay, we need to pay 20%, 30% of revenues or like how, just. Okay. I haven't, I don't know the current deal structures. Okay. Been in it. I'm sure it's an up, like for a AAA IP, I'm sure mm -hmm. you're talking a large amount of money up front. Okay. I'd be able to recoup it uh, as the game progresses. Like sometimes mm -hmm. recouping means like if you paid a hundred thousand up front, which was very little back in the day. So you yes. A million or more millions today. Uh, you either pay it up front, or you never get it back. 
or once you release the game and start making money, sometimes you can kind of earn it down or at least a percentage of it. Yep. Um, another caveat for people listening. Um, and then the rev share depends on what you're netting out. It, mm. Historically, when I was back then, and I don't think I'm talking out of turn, we had to remember Scopely has like a developer, Scopely itself, and an IP. So it has to triple split. Mm. Um, so you're probably looking, we were generally in the 20 to 30% range okay. to the IP holder. Uh, the other yeah. one, Scopely and the game developer didn't split as nicely because there's like, it takes years to build a triple A game. So yeah. you're paying them basically to release the game. So the rev share would be all yeah, over the place. Yeah, it's wild. That's <laughs> wild so, calculation. Okay. And then we built in like lots of hooks for the developer side. Like, yeah. The game does really well. We buy the company, for instance. You have a right of first refusal. It changes the entire negotiation. But, okay. but I mean, there's no <laughs> sounds, sounds like fun. <laughs> there's no. I'd say there's no. There's definitely typical. And if you're going to Hasbro, you're going to get the typical. Hmm. If you're going to other folks that have something people recognize with enough content, you can probably ask them to be honest up front, if they trust you and believe that you're actually going to mm. make a real game. And then you can kind of figure it out with them. So it gets yeah. easier to negotiate harder if you've had a couple of successes under your belt, I guess then. I think it's easier if you have successes right. uh, and harder if it's your first. Uh, easier because it may be more costly because they, I, if I was an IP holder, I'd get greedy. Uh, <laughs> but they at least know your game's going to go out, that they're going to make some money that like there, you can do something quality with their IP because even if they're incentivized for the near term, they still want a cool game. Like the mm -hmm. Hasbro guys love Scopely right now. Oh, I can imagine. Of course, <laughs> I can imagine. Not because of the rev necessarily, but it's yeah. just like it's like it's fun to be part of a cool game that people yeah. are thinking about. Yeah, everybody's talking about Monopoly Go, so exactly the whole IP as well attached to it, but then. How do you kind of like do pe people take something like this into into like Rust calculations or like prediction models or something like that? I, oh. I think people. I mean, when you think about LTV, yeah. it's it's not really. There's predictive ones out there, and people yeah, try yeah. To smoke, and there's tons of companies that are trying to do PL like predictive LTVs. I personally think it's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> At the heart, you have certain metrics you need to hit yeah, that are yeah, leading yeah. indicators. And like in a soft launch, you care about like, what's my user acquisition cost per user? What channels my work? Do I have like something that's retaining users on a day one, seven, 30, whatever? Yeah. Um, like those all feed the predictive LTVs. So in some ways, PLTV is like your business metric, but it's not something you can act on. Yeah. And so I think all these metrics that feed into it are the ones people should think of. So does I so to answer your question, does IP feed that? I'm sure people try. I think it's mm. too hard to predict soft launch. I think that's why I think it's partially bullshit too. Like mm. build a good game. You can measure the UA metric based on that. That's the only one it'll really affect. The live ops, the ongoing iteration, you're gonna do that shit anyway. You're gonna find the metrics that suck. You're gonna release with some good ones, some bad ones, and then you're gonna iterate and try to make them more successful over time. Um, and then don't, and then IP is just a way yeah. to get there, but it's not something that's going to tell you whether you should release or like what you're going to work on. Have you, no, just, 
sorry, have you seen games that like because of the IP weren't profitable for the developer? The IP holder was like, you know, kind of okayish with it because they were still getting money, but by the contract you would still need to run it for like I don't know, some <laughs> kind of period of time. Um because I heard about those from some of my friends, can't really name them, but like just we were forced to run the game on a loss because of the contract. I you're definitely you're bringing me back. I've definitely heard of that. And not recently. Or <laughs> people like that like probably pretty recently actually, you're right. I think there are contracts where you're forced to run the game. It's more like dev shop mentality. Again, I'm gonna piss maybe your friends off, but like if you're building who's working for who? Like mm -hmm. if the yeah. holder comes to you and wants to build a game and then they're saying like you're on the hook for four years, you're not a game developer anymore you're the you're a dev shop for that ip holder and the ip holder doesn't know how to make games that's not their business so yeah you could get really screwed um uh and you're like working on this game forever when you'd rather work on something else actually i can think of one uh i, can't think of I don't want to throw them under the bus yeah, don't worry yeah that's fine Signed uh, a game developer. You can get the list of game devs that Scopely's worked with successfully. One uh, definitely had this issue with uh, not necessarily an IP holder, but with a big game dev shop out of Asia back in the day. And they got stuck and they were losing money on the game they released. And to be honest, it was their fault. They never negotiated a deal where you can't pay for your own developers. Like if you're going to take that approach, like make sure you make the money to pay your own people at least at a mm. minimum. Okay. Yeah, that would suck. I feel for anybody going through that. Yeah. Break the contract. <laughs> that would be awful. Yeah. All right. Um, Could I take this to A and R's yeah. as well? Do we yes. have time? Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what so, I wanted to ask as well. Eric, like, I was actually looking at your website earlier or embrace and you have an A&R product and I just wanted to give you a real world example that happened to me. What is it now? Five weeks ago. Bring and it on. Tell me like what you think would be in the best course of action and what you think we'd be doing better. <laughs> so uh, I, one of my clients is a top 20 uh, global publisher for ads. So basically they're 95 driven on ad revenue, 95% driven on ad revenue. Uh, they show millions and millions of ads every day. Uh, for some reason, one day, ANRs on the largest title just started spiking. Uh, it went from below threshold and it went up to almost 4% and slowly, gradually over like seven days. And then suddenly it just really went up. And to find out the culprit, we had to start turning off networks one by one <laughs> until we found it. And it turned out the culprit was in the end, Google that had started rolling out a new ad format on banners. You should you, you should always us. start with, with Google. You remember manual? And no, you can't because it's the biggest revenue driver. You go Google last always because if okay. it's forty percent or fifty percent of your revenues, you really pray that is not the one that is. Mm. <laughs> you have to switch off, right? Okay. Where's the question? Yeah, the question <laughs> is like yeah, the question. There is a uh, what like is there a better way? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm. I mean, when you go to the, so I'm, this is what I'm going to assume they're doing. By the way, Apple probably does this shit as well. They just never give you any information, um, but they're definitely tracking stuff and you can kind of see pieces of it coming out in their APIs. But Google has the Google Play Console, which gives you the rankings for yep. those folks here, right? Every 
there's like Crash, A&R, and a bunch of others. There's the orange line where they change the color once in a while. Uh, so when you listen to this, it may be a different color, but you want to stay on the right side of that line. Um, and so for A&Rs, if you're on the wrong side, I haven't heard of anybody really, you can get your hand slapped. You could potentially get your app pulled. I haven't heard that happen, but then what they do threaten is the ranking, um, which for, for a top 20 company for a big game is a big deal. Um, like every, every penny counts, especially free users. Um, the console doesn't help, which I'm sure they went to first. That's why I started there. Gives you a bunch of ANRs. For those who don't know, it's a concept in engineering called app not responsive or application not non responsive. There's different people say different terms, but ANR application non or not responsive. Um, it's when your app freezes to the user, and what Google does is it tracks the main thread. Uh, ad providers are often using the thread when they shouldn't be or using it incorrectly. But sometimes even when the ad when they take over, they have to, like for a video or a an interstitial. Um, and then, uh, then Google will track it generally when a user, after a certain number of seconds, like five to 10, and the user gets prompted. And if you have an Android device, you'll see like the prompt, like, would you like to close the app? Uh, they take a trace, like a crap, think of a crash, like you get a stack trace. The stack trace sucks, doesn't help you at all. And then you go to other tools like a Firebase, and then you have to try to, match it to Firebase. Firebase also doesn't track it very well and doesn't give you the right information. So yeah, you end up with this shitty moment where if you're an ad-based game, you're literally turning on and off things. I would say first, don't feel alone. I know that it won't be all the game developers who do the same friggin' thing, uh, but they all do it. Um, there are better ways to do it. Like I know I will Give a kudos to Scopely. I know Sen has built some stuff where they try to like pull information in real time from the device to figure out if the network or even the ad ID, uh, Iron Source and Apple Oven give you pieces of the information. They're gonna their goal is to give you as little as possible because they don't want to be the ones turned off. But that's one approach. Obviously, uh, so I'll kudos myself. Embrace. Yes, you can. Collect yeah, that's fine. Like the goal. Of <laughs> collect everything because no one was collecting it and then index it by user. So like if you have a frozen startup or bad ad, you can just look it up and see what happened. And so for ANRs, we actually, you can just look up the session and then at the beginning of the ANR, we actually grab a trace. So when you go into embrace, you'll actually see the ad right off the bat. And then you can actually match it because we see the end of the trick, end of the ANR, you can match it to the one in the Google play store. So you can affect the ranking. Um, so you actually have the information to make that choice. Um, can you do, so that'll help you identify Google. It'll help you identify AdMob. Can we, it only, we can tell you the ad unit or the mm. campaign ID if you send it to us and we fish it out for iron source and a couple others, but it's imperfect because it's like whack-a-mole. Um, for non-ad games, I'll just say this, they also have these problems. Uh, every game has A&R issues. It's just, it's how good you track it and how good your code is. So for like Wildlife Wizards customer, and they're okay with me talking about it. They have ad-based games and RPG games. They both have issues. Uh, they both friggin' suck. The ad ones are more acute and people like to talk about it because everybody likes to shit on the ad vendors like we do. Uh, <laughs> the non-ad ones, they're the same problems. It's really hard problem 
to make sure that your user's experiences are preserved. So part of what I do in Brace is like, I mean, it's the name of the company. It's really cheesy, but it's like give enge every engineer a hug because all they do is Ooh. get like, a them. yeah, it sounds really stupid, um, but, <laughs> but, but there's no love. They're just finger pointing. Felix probably went to the company or went to the engineering team and said like, let's do this or pull out the SDK. The engineers are like, what the fuck? Because you're going to tell me to turn it off or pull the SDK. And then like two weeks later, you're going to tell me to put it back in because the revenue is too important. And then you end up with this really shitty moment where the engineers really don't want to work on ads ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like a hundred percent, no one collects this shit, this data. So the kudos to me is the com company I found <laughs> solves this problem. <laughs> Nice. No, it's sounds, good. Sounds really good. And like completely reminds me of my time when I was, you know, talking with the developer implementing the SDKs on ads that were always the culprit behind the problems and then he was forced to take them out. <laughs> we, had, we had this discussion before on the podcast. Yeah. You're like, and then you're like, but that's too much money. Yeah. Let's put it back in. And then you're like, and then it's just this vicious cycle of just random shit. And then, uh, you know what, and then, yeah, there's a whole, I have a lot of stories bouncing through my head, but all the ad vendors try to do things to get you to stop that. Mm. Ooh, maybe we can, uh, we can wrap it up with some, one of those stories if you want. Yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. yeah if you want to share, if you want to share, we love it. We, you know, we like these, these stories. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> as much as you care about the player experience, you still have to make money. So there's this balance and that's where they keep like, that's where we were kind of talking about the beginning. Like. Yeah. I love building games. I love sitting on an airplane and seeing someone play Yahtzee. But at the same time, I got to build a business. And so uh, I love giving reps, as you can see. For the folks listening, you got to not just choose the experience. You got to look at the KPIs. So for ad vendors, sometimes they pay so much that you kind of have to take the take the issues. Um, yeah. Not A&Rs. I think that's too egregious because then you're affect Google, but like if the ad freezes and then person leaves and it doesn't turn into an A&R and then they come right back because they were going to leave anyway, maybe fuck it. So yeah. uh, uh, don't let your engineers think that way because <laughs> they'll yeah. never do that. But your ad monetization, your PMs definitely should. Um, ad vendors back in the day, I'm sure they do it now. They'll pay you to put the SDK in just for everybody here. Like, uh, early on, we would get paid from, I won't name the vendors, but like a million dollars early on, like, because yeah. they just do the math on how much it costs yeah, them. How much they they can learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's done a little bit about mediation discussions are still in the millions, usually, if you're a big enough company about uh, yeah. SDKs. This is, really, is, uh... this is really my favorite part of ads. It's all under the category, like, you never asked. <laughs> yeah, you never asked. Yeah, come on. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I got to put ad map back in. Little did you think that the Google on the other side is going to kind of fuck do I get that thing back in there? And they'll probably pay you to, maybe not Google, but the other companies might pay you to put it in. Yeah. So just, yeah, I'm with you. Just ask. Yeah. 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 You don't, you don't, yeah, you don't know a lot of things. <laughs> it's like very straightforward. Like you have good game, you have good KPIs. End of the story, you know, like in this ad part, like half of the functionality, it's always behind Felix is like, oh, you need to ask your rep. 
and where it's written for somebody that doesn't my follow this shit. You need to read my blog. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a reason I like help start Max. Like the Mocoop guys love me because I was their biggest asshole to them. But then I'd go get drinks, and like every party, they would like give me the free iPad. It's the same thing. It's just yeah. it sounds like Felix, you do it. Like you want to be best friends with these guys, but you kind of want them to hate you at the same time. Yeah, what I usually say it's like you're not here to make friends, you're here to make money, right? So, so you, you have mushroom, to be you have to be the most you. annoying customer uh possible. And you have to be forever grumpy, always grumpy. And that's yeah. what you have to do. <laughs> and that, those are the ones who win those are the ones who win yeah and they're not running away they're still taking you out to drinks they're taking mm-hmm. me out still taking me out uh even today, uh they're taking <laughs> someone out to scopely who's awesome but everybody loves him but he's definitely can be grumpy <laughs> uh like no question i'm with you yeah yeah make <laughs> No, yeah, it's, we still make jokes about uh, you can't, you know, pay bills with retention. You need to pay <laughs> bills with money, actually. And it's still, gaming industry is still a business. Yes. We love games. We love playing games. But we, you know, need to make money as well. All right. Good. I think we can uh, we can wrap it up with this. Uh, <laughs> gaming industry is a business. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks a lot for coming. It was an amazing uh, discussion. Yeah, thanks really... for sharing the like, especially the veteran stories. Very, very yeah, enlightening. All, all the stories. I've got and... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, can, we can we can continue on the on ep- episode number two. Uh, yeah. Later in the in the future. When... Again, thank you very much, and see you next time, guys. Uh, please subscribe, uh, join our Slack channel, and then uh, see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks.